What's up, Saucy Thotties and Hotties? This is Caleb, and welcome to another episode of Saucy Thoughts. Hello, thank you for tuning in to my second episode of this podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I hope your day's going great. I hope you're doing well and you're settled in with a nice glass of sparkling water or coffee or tea or whatever you like to drink or you're driving somewhere safely or just doing chores and tuning in with me. So I really appreciate you for listening and today we're going to talk about my crazy move from sunny San Diego in Southern California to a small town in Connecticut. And it seems really random because not a lot of people do that, but I was actually really surprised to find out that when I started my temp job shortly after moving here, I was working with somebody that moved from Chula Vista to Connecticut within about a week of when I did. And I thought that that was so crazy. And what are the odds of that? Because I don't think there's a lot of people in this California to Connecticut pipeline. I think a lot of people that I've talked to on the East Coast and in New England are actively trying to leave and move to somewhere like California. And I can completely understand why. I think California really is so beautiful, has a ton to offer, the weather truly is amazing. A lot of the cities are really beautiful and ideally located. There's always things to do. The beaches are incredible. And you really can go from the mountains to the beach in the same day or even in the same weekend. But I decided to move because as much as I love and enjoy living in San Diego, I really wanted to try something new because I don't think this is going to be a move that I would have wanted to make in my 40s or 50s or maybe after I've established my life a little more and possibly settled down somewhere. And I don't really know what settling down looks like, but I know that I'm going to age and I don't think brushing snow off my car is something I'm going to want to do in 50 years. So I figured now's the time to just go and experience that and really romanticize it and enjoy it while I'm young and don't mind doing it. I actually really enjoy the snow and I'm super bummed that the East Coast has had a really mild winter this year. I think I just saw an article that one of the cities in Connecticut had their most mild winter on record with the least amount of inches of snow ever in the history of recorded climate, which is such a bummer because anytime I got to go to the snow in California, whether that was in Big Bear or Julian, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved going skiing and sledding or even just hiking in the snow with a couple friends. I thought it was super fun. I really, I really romanticize all the little things in life. And you really have to in order to stay sane in today's world. But anytime I would go, I just loved something about the snowfall, everything just coated in a fresh layer of snow, seeing little cabins with like the warm lights on inside and the picturesque hilltops with the lake in front of it. It's just so pretty to me. And I thought that I was going to get to have way more snow days here where I got to sit inside and cuddle with Miso and have a cup of hot cocoa or something and enjoy some mood lighting and R&B music, but I really only had three days like that this year. There were definitely more than three days that it snowed, but anytime we did get snow in the forecast, it was either just cold enough for it to snow and it would melt immediately, or it would snow overnight and by the time the sun hit it the next morning it would be gone, or it would just be right on the brink of 32 degrees and you could see it in the forecast and it never actually happened and it turned out just being a little bit of a messy wet wintry mix. But hopefully if I'm around on the East Coast next year, I'll get to experience it a little bit more. Um, I would just really appreciate not having a Buffalo, New York level snowstorm because that's really scary. But there's a gamble with the weather anywhere you live because you've got hurricanes down south, you've got tornadoes in the middle of the country, potential for snow up here, and I guess kind of the remnants of hurricanes as they move up the coast. But it's usually not as bad as 
when they make landfall further south. And then there's the potential for the big the big one, the big talked about earthquake out in California. So it really is just a gamble living anywhere. But I'll take my chances and hopefully I get to have my white Christmas in my apartment or house one day. Before I moved here, I actually did get to see parts of the East Coast through every single season because my first year in college, I experienced a little bit of the summer and fall and a touch of winter on the East Coast. And then after I moved back to California, I visited Connecticut a few times and Boston a few times and New York a few times. And it was just really pretty. I got to see a little bit more of the spring, a little bit more of the summer. And last year, I actually came out here for several weeks with my family in Annapolis. We went to one of my siblings' graduations. So I got to see DC as well. And then I got to go up the coast to Connecticut and spent another week here with my family that lives here. And I'm so glad that I did because that was really when I decided to make the move. And while I was visiting them, I also went to New York just to kind of scope out my options out here on the East Coast. And I decided on Connecticut for a couple reasons. The cost of living is much, much, much lower than it is in California. California has has an insane housing market right now. When I moved in San Diego around the beginning of the pandemic, the rent was manageable because nobody really knew what the future looked like. Landlords were just happy to have tenants that were ready to move in. And people were just social distancing and kind of staying in place. But when I moved out of the apartment that I moved into, the rent had gone up from 2200 for a two-bed, two-bath up to 3800 for a two-bed, two-bath without any sort of utilities or monthly expenses included. Everything else was on top of that. So individually, I think that's about $1,900 a person. And it wasn't even like a super upgraded modern unit. It was definitely a little bit of an older unit. White appliances, super old carpet, stick and peel, wood laminate flooring, and just very basic amenities. But now that I'm out here, my living expenses every month are uh, about $1,200, including everything I need to pay for the apartment every month. So that's including like electricity and internet on top of rent. And that's substantially lower. So I think the yearly annual calculations end up amounting to be about $10,000 less than I would have spent in California. The second reason I moved out here was because when I came out here on that trip to visit a bunch of the cities on the East Coast, I had it in the back of my mind that I knew I was going to need to move somewhere else in San Diego or pick somewhere else to live on my own if I could afford it. And I decided to move out here because it just felt like home when I was here. I was really sad to leave. I couldn't wait to come back. I had a really enjoyable time in New York. And Connecticut is super ideally located right between New York and Boston because you can take a train and it's about two hours into New York, or I could drive and be in Boston in a little over an hour. And I have family nearby, so I feel like I had a good support system between the family that I have here and the friends that I have in both of the major cities. And I think eventually it would be fun to move a little bit closer to one of the cities. I'm leaning towards New York in the moment, just because I could move somewhere near the southwest tip of Connecticut and be able to just take the train into the city when I want to go for, I don't know, pride over the summer or events during the holiday season or just to have a fun weekend in Central Park without having to live in Manhattan and pay New York City prices. I would definitely be the kind of suburbs commuter um, because I do like my peace and quiet out here and I appreciate not living on a freeway and having constant traffic outside. So the cost of living has been 
much lower. It felt like home. And I'm so grateful that I have family nearby because they really are an amazing support system. And I'm super happy that I told them my idea to move out here when I visited because one of their friends was actually renting this unit and I got to find out about it before it was done being um, upgraded. And I'm so happy that they allowed me to live here. And I hope I get to live here for another year because I don't really know if I want to move in six months. I moved so often over the past few years and I just really like having my own place here. It's affordable. If I end up figuring out what I'm going to do for work, I could be making money and traveling a little bit, working remotely and keeping this apartment um, and not having to stress about moving costs again. Which brings me to the topic that I wanted to talk about, the moving costs associated with going from California to here and everything I spent along my road trip because I actually hadn't calculated how much I spent or even given myself a budget when I was moving because I knew I had enough money, not a lot of money, but enough to cover the basic expenses if I did everything as cheaply as possible and that in the long run, I would be saving so much money no matter how I got myself to Connecticut. It's also important for me to point out that Connecticut is also still considered a very expensive place to live, but in my specific situation moving from where I lived in my circumstances, it has been significantly cheaper. But you could easily go from a very normal rural place in California like Menifee or Barstow to somewhere like Greenwich, Connecticut, and it's going to be astronomically way more expensive. So it really is a case-by-case -case basis, and it totally depends on where specifically in the state you're moving. But all of this is based on my experience from San Diego moving to a small town in Connecticut, and not necessarily what it's going to be like for anybody moving from there to here. I did the math and compared what it would cost to hire movers, ship my car, and fly out here to mailing my stuff and taking a road trip and staying in hotels along the way. And the road trip definitely won by a long run because if I had shipped my car, that would have been $1,500 to $2,000. If I had hired movers, that would have easily been over $2,000, maybe like $2,300. And then flying out here with a cat would have been $450, maybe to $500. So that gives me a rough ballpark of maybe $4,000, which was a lot of money for a single move. And I would still be saving $6,000 off of that $10,000 I'd be saving in rent alone, but I didn't really have $4,000 to spend on all that, and I didn't have a job at the time, so I knew I had the time and resources to go ahead and just do a lot of the things associated with moving myself. So I went to Lowe's and I got a lot of heavy-duty boxes. I think the size I used was 24 by 24 by 36, and you can fit a lot in those boxes. I would definitely recommend them. They only cost like $5 each. I think I spent between $20 to $30 on boxes because I actually got some from people online on OfferUp and I used some recycled ones and then I bought a few new ones and I shipped everything in those. So I ended up spending the most on shipping my things, which cost $718.41. That doesn't include any furniture. I ended up selling all my furniture, my mattress, my box spring, my bed frame, my nightstands, my dressers, my desks, my tables, my shelves, um, storage stuff that I had in the closets, my sofa, my kitchen table, rugs, everything. The only things I took were things that could fit in those boxes or the back of my car. And if you're traveling by car and you don't want to ship valuables, I would recommend packing all the things that you don't want people to see in your trunk and just keeping that trunk closed the entire time. So in my trunk, I put my 
Cricut, my safe, my printer, and a lot of my just more generally expensive items, which weren't super, super expensive. Like I put my air purifier back there, which was $100, but that's like a $100 item that I didn't need to ship. Everything else that I shipped was much less, except the clothes. I think if my clothes got lost in the mail, I would have been really upset. Um, so another thing I would recommend doing if you're moving and you decide to ship things in the mail, compare prices on PirateShip.com. At the time when I shipped stuff, everything was cheaper through UPS. So I used UPS to ship all the boxes from my apartment to my future landlord's house. She was super nice and let me ship things there so they wouldn't be sitting outside or um, waiting for me to get there. And she kept them in her garage and then she actually moved them in with some of her family um, before I got here. So when I got here, I had an empty apartment with all my boxes sitting in the middle of the room. And it was super sweet of her and that really made a big difference if you have somebody that's able to help you receive your items nearby. Another thing I would recommend doing is keeping track of everything that you put in the boxes that you send or ship. Um, I'm going to read you the contents of one of my boxes because I feel like it's really random. What I did was I cleared out the living room after I sold all the furniture and I put three taped off squares on the floor. I put everything that I was going to ship into one big square and then I put stuff that was going in the car in one square and then sorted the rest of the items into the other box which was stuff to be mailed and I just kind of built boxes as necessary as I worked my way through um, shipping all my stuff. So everything that was going to go in my car got packed up the night before and that was ready to go the morning that I left. The morning that I left I got to see my friend Sophia at a little coffee shop and that was one of my favorite memories and she gave me the book called The Defining Decade which has been such an amazing book to read and I need to finish it. I want that to be a podcast episode of its own because I've learned so much and that book has shaped me and my mentality so much over the past few months. But anyways the rest of the stuff got put into boxes in the square that was going to be shipped and I kept a notes app of each numbered box and everything that I put into one of those boxes. So when I was going through the stuff, I didn't sort things by room, by like kitchen, bathroom, or bedroom. I sorted it kind of by shape and weight and how much I could fit into each box to make it as efficient as possible. 10 boxes was definitely a lot and 519 pounds ended up being about 30 to 70 pounds per box. So I feel absolutely awful for the UPS guy that came and picked things up. But I actually helped him load some of the lighter boxes up. I tipped him. I gave him some cold water. He was super, super nice and saved me a lot of time and money. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, but anyways, the contents of one of these random boxes that I had in my notes app was my drill set, a collapsible grocery crate, cooling racks for baked goods, muffin trays, uh, oven baking trays, three millimeter adhesive strips and wall hooks, Q-tips, one of those airplane neck pillows, a spoon utensil holder for the kitchen counter, one of those thermoses that have a cup attached to the top of it, phone mounts and tripods, a single pan, Tupperware filled with cat stuff and sunglasses and a sage bundle from one of my friends, long sleeves to wrap things in and kind of put a buffer between items, fridge organizers, just those clear containers that you can put I don't know, little other containers and beverages in. Uh, bread baking trays, a plastic spray bottle, which I have no idea why I kept that, a cooler, and one of those high-frequency facial devices that you can buy on Amazon for like 40 bucks. That actually helped me with so many little pimples that popped up while I was on Accutane, and I wasn't using a lot of heavy skincare products. Uh, there was also a hair dryer, some shelves, and coasters. 
So the packing was definitely organized chaos. And when I got here, it was absolutely insane to open because there wasn't like a start here type box. So there's definitely two ways you could do it. You could do it my way where you do things effectively, or you could do things in a very organized way where you don't really care about space and efficiency and you just put things based on the room that they go to. So when you arrive to wherever you're going, you can put each box in the room and kind of unpack things in an organized way. I mean, it took me a few days to get through it, but I definitely did it and I would recommend this way just because nothing broke miraculously. That's also an important point to make. If you're careful about the way you pack things and using your resources wisely, you can end up using blankets and clothes to put buffers between a lot of your items that might break and save yourself a lot of packing bubbles too. Because I actually didn't buy any bubble wrap or packing paper or anything like that. I used everything that I was going to ship to, for example, I put a lot of my like electronic cords in my shoes and then I put my shoes in a box wherever they would fit because shoes are such a weird shape that whenever I had an odd little corner that was free, I would just tuck it into a spare corner. Um, I also used those kitchen organizing containers with a suction top lid to put a lot of the items that would break in there gently wrapped in like some t-shirts or something. So I would wrap maybe a glass item and put it into a Tupperware container and just put that into a box, not on the outside of one of the bigger boxes. So it couldn't be like damaged if it fell on the side or something. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's the way I packed. So the cost for shipping everything, like I said, was $718.41. And then the second most expensive moving cost was the hotels along the way. So I stayed six nights in five different hotels and that cost $631.59. I also think it would be important to mention that I worked at a Hilton several years ago and I still knew somebody that worked at Hilton and I asked if I could use their family and friends discount and they said yes and I was super happy because that would mean I would get to get points um, from one hotel chain, make it a little bit cheaper and it would just be a little more consistent rather than trying to find a bunch of different hotels and find the cheapest options. I don't know how much the savings were because I went back to look at the receipts and it didn't have the original price that the hotel went for, it just had the discounted price that I was charged. But the first night was in St. George, Utah, and that cost $97.11. That drive was super easy that day because living in Southern California, I visited Las Vegas plenty of times. So that was along the same route, and I'd actually visited St. George, Utah before with one of my friends on a road trip. We went to Zion and hiked around there, and then actually went to Vegas on the way back. So that was a really nice introduction to the road trip. It wasn't a super long driving day, and I stopped at In-N-Out along the way. I got to see the strip from the freeway, and then I got there a little after dark and settled in, and I would rate the hotel like 9 out of 10. It seemed super family-friendly. There were a lot of families there. It was pretty quiet. The view was nice. I got a nice view of a lot of the red rocks and just pretty desert scenery. And the hotel, none of the hotels charged me for having Misa with me, which I'm super glad they didn't. I sent a note before I arrived saying, hey, I'm traveling with a emotional support animal, if that's all right, please waive the overnight pet charge. Anyways, that was a nice little introduction to the first leg of the trip. I guess this is how people that are on the road all the time feel, because I really didn't see very much of the things that were in any of the cities. I really just got to my hotel, unloaded everything, went in, rested, and then did it all again the next morning, took care of myself, had food, 
and didn't go like sightseeing or anything because there just wasn't time between unloading Miso's litter box and carrier and scratching post and food and all of my things that I needed every single night and taking things up and down the elevators with the hotel trolleys. So if you're thinking about doing a road trip with an animal and you have a lot of stuff that you're going to be carrying in and out, I would recommend spending maybe two days in each place if you can. Because if you can, it would be so nice to have that in between night where you don't have to wake up the next morning and immediately start packing or worrying about getting on the road by a certain time and you can go and enjoy yourself a little bit more. I didn't have very much money to do that and I was kind of on a timeline between the end of my lease in California and the start of my lease in Connecticut. So that's just the way it worked out for me. But if you can, I would If I had to do it again, I would do it that way. But I don't think I would do it again with Miso. I think I would be interested in taking another road trip at some point in the future, but maybe just like up and down the East Coast or West Coast. I don't think I would do another cross-country trip. I think I wanted to do it once in my life, and I did it. I can say I've done it, but I'm good. I'm done with that. I got it out of my system. The next night was in Vail, Colorado, and that was my absolute favorite night. The hotel was $185.15, which is the most expensive night I had. Um, but it was also the nicest hotel. Vail was so gorgeous. The drive up there during the day was so pretty. The trees were just picturesque. You couldn't even capture the beauty and put it in a framed picture if you wanted to or on a postcard or anything. You just have to go and experience the rolling hills and endless trees and the fresh, cool, crisp air and some of the tunnels that were like dug into the mountains. It's just so beautiful. You have to go and experience it. I really love the sunset. I'm picturing it right now and it was definitely one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I would love to go back to Vail. I think if I got to see Vail in the snow, I would cry. It was just that pretty. So that was definitely a little bit of a splurge night. It was definitely worth it. Um, And then the next day I headed to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I ended up staying two nights there because by then I had driven for three days and I planned out my entire trip before I left. Um, I mapped out how many miles were in between each stop, how many hours I would be driving each day, and which Costco's I could stop at for food and cheap Costco gas since I get 4% back. I would also recommend doing that if you can. Definitely plan out your stops and how many hours you're going to drive each day. Don't try and wing it. Definitely give yourself a time that you need to leave by because one thing I hated was when I had to drive a little bit in the dark. I didn't have to very much. I think there was one morning that I had just gotten up a little too late and I ended up sacrificing daytime driving for a little extra sleep, which was totally worth it because obviously drowsy driving is not good. But when I got to Lincoln, Nebraska, I was just so exhausted after driving for three days that I decided to stay there for two nights because I was going to bed that night and I was just exhausted. Carrying everything in and out of the hotels, unloading my bike off the back of my car was just absolutely exhausting on top of having to stop for food and go to the grocery store and get things for myself and stop when Miso was using the bathroom. I just wanted to stay in one place for a day. So I ended up changing the rest of the trip and stayed there for two nights, which cost $195.76, which I think is about the same as the first night, around $97 a night. And I actually had the biggest hotel room in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was, I think, almost like a one-bed, one-bath type suite. And the tub was super nice. The TV was great. I connected my laptop and I was able to watch Surface on Apple TV. And I went to good old Trader Joe's and talked to some local Nebraska people. Oh my gosh, I totally remember when I went to um, the Trader Joe's nearby, the first guy that I talked to was like restocking the shelves and he was 
he said something in a country accent and then he was like, I think he said attaboy or like good boy or something. And it was just the most country thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And it was so sweet. He was super nice. I ended up getting just some like salads and snacks for the day, sat in bed. I went for a bike ride, um, watched Netflix, Apple TV, and then enjoyed a second night. Before I had left, I actually went to Lush and got some bath bombs because I knew I wanted to take a bath at some point and just relax and unwind. And when I went to Lush, the the cashier was so kind and sweet and they gave me um, free bath bombs. I went up to the register fully ready to like pay for them. I was super excited to get them. And they said, oh, this is just like my random act of kindness for the day. Enjoy them. Be safe on your road trip. And it was just super nice, made my day. And that was a super memorable bath just because the bath bombs were free. And those things are like six plus dollars. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that bath even more because I didn't have to pay for it. So after I left Lincoln, Nebraska, my next stop was in Carroll Stream, Illinois. I ended up having to downgrade this stop because I think the place I intended to stay was like a home suites and it was pretty nice. And I was looking forward to it. It looked really modern and new but it wasn't available for the next night. They were fully booked. So I had to book another place, which was a little sketch. I ended up using points for this night and it only cost $53 and 28 cents. Um, but it was definitely a $53 and 28 cent experience. If you know what I mean, it was just a very cheap looking hotel. Like everything was super, super dated. The ceilings were super low. The lighting was really dim popcorn ceilings, like orange and green carpets. There were just a lot of characters in the lobby. It was definitely the most interesting stop. When I looked out the peephole in my hotel room, it definitely looked like the set of an American Horror Story film or series, and it was just not the vibe. The AC was busted. Everything was just a little off. It was just a little funky. Even the weather was just a little weird that day. It was a very strange stop. But anyways, I would give this hotel stop a solid 7 out of 10. It provided everything that I needed, it got the job done at a really cheap rate and they had breakfast there, so I really can't complain. I don't think I felt super unsafe or threatened at all. It was just a really funky interest. It felt like a glitch in the matrix. Also, they had one hotel trolley for your luggage and it was totally busted. It had a flat tire and I ended up using the swivel chair from the hotel room to bring everything up and down the elevators and it was like a 45 minute expedition. It took so much longer than it should have, but there was just no way to push that hotel trolley up and down the hallways while it was like wobbling and I couldn't put Miso on there and have her fall off. What I'm about to say might sound absolutely awful and I'm so sad about this, but I, but I just remembered at one of the stops, I'm pretty sure it was the next stop in Dubois, Pennsylvania, Miso fell off the luggage trolley. <laughs> in her carrier and I cried. I felt so awful because can you imagine being in a little carrier in a new place, going in and out of hotels day and, day and night and getting dropped? I felt awful. Thankfully, she was fine. She survived. She didn't even meow. She's such a trooper. She was such a good cat this entire trip. She really only meowed in the car. She didn't meow very much in the hotel rooms. She was pretty chill there, really liked exploring the rooms, but she hated the car rides, definitely meowed in the car, but she didn't poop, pee, or puke anywhere. She didn't vomit anywhere. I think those are the three P's of cat parenthood. Pee, poop, and puke. If your cat does any of those things, it's just a bummer. It's not fun to clean up. It smells bad. But somehow I traveled 3,000 miles in a car and six different hotels, five different hotels with her, and she did not do any of those things. And I'm so happy that she didn't because that would have made this experience exponentially worse had she done that in the car or the hotel. But anyways, 
that was my summary of Carroll Stream, Illinois. Um, the view from the hotel was actually really nice. I could see my car from the hotel. It was fine. It wasn't actually that bad, but it was just, it was definitely not like a Doubletree or a Waldorf Astoria or one of Hilton's nicer hotels. It was probably like an older business suite type building that was converted into hotels because it was giving very much conversion. The layout just didn't make sense. Things did not align there, but I survived. The next day I headed to Du Bois, Pennsylvania, and that was, I think, one of the longer legs of the journey. I don't remember which one was longer, but I don't think I drove more than like an average of six hours a day. I think the shortest was five and a half hours. The longest was seven. I would definitely not recommend driving more than seven hours a day. I remember the long days of driving and they were pretty, pretty brutal. It was tough on my back and just my, (laughs) my mental health being in the car with a cat for that long, trying to listen to podcasts at a reasonable volume. So I don't overwhelm her. That night cost $100.29. Dubois, Pennsylvania was such a cute, quaint little town settled into the midst of all these beautiful trees and rolling hill heels, rolling hills around there. And I stopped at an Italian place, got some local Italian food, settled in for the night. And that bed was actually super comfortable. I think that was my most comfortable bed. Maybe it was because it was a king bed. Maybe it just had the illusion of being more comfortable. But, you know, I actually sit in a king bed in... Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, but I don't remember that one being as comfortable as this one. There was something different about that mattress. It just, it just hit different. But anyways, that seemed like the shortest night just because it was towards the end of the trip and I was so excited to get to my new apartment. Fun fact, I also never visited this apartment before I moved here. I moved cross country 3,000 miles and never saw this hotel, this apartment before I moved in, which is crazy, but I'm so glad I did it because it ended up being way better than I could have imagined. I'm sitting in it right now looking around, just so happy that I did it because it's just so nice and clean and safe and in a good area. And I know the landlord and I feel really good about that. So anyways, that was my last night in Dubois, Pennsylvania. And that brings the total of all the hotel rooms to $631.59, averaging about $100 a night. And that easily could have been a thousand plus dollars if it weren't for my friend's discount and the fact that they didn't charge me for miso. And I didn't order any room service or anything. I stayed at places that had free continental breakfast and brought a lot of my own groceries or just stopped for food when I needed to. So that brings the moving costs running total to about $1,300. The other costs associated with my car were the 11 times I stopped for gas. I spent $229.35 at Costco Gas and $75 at other gas stations when there wasn't a Costco available, bringing that total to $304.35, making the running total about $1,600. I also spent about $40 in tolls between, I think, somewhere around Ohio to Pennsylvania. Um, I spent $10 in cash, $29 on my credit card. I spent $40 on a car wash membership for the first month after I moved here because I had the entire cast of Bugs Life on the front of my car. It was so disgusting. I think the worst part of the trip was driving through Nebraska because there were nonstop bugs hitting my windshield. It was just raining locusts and crickets and lions and tigers and bears, and it was disgusting. My windshield wipers were on the entire time I used an entire bottle of windshield wiper fluid. I think that is an extra $5 to this expense that I didn't account for when I did the math, but it was just so disgusting. And driving by all the semi-trucks that were along this route, 
seeing all of the fronts of their semis were was just so gross. There were it was just it was brown with bugs and bug guts. But anyways, I needed that car wash membership. I got like the highest tier you could. I went through that car wash probably five or six times the first day that I got it and I figured $40 was going to be cheaper in doing it myself than getting it detailed. So it was definitely worth it and I got car washes for the whole month after that. Prior to moving, I also spent about $60 on an oil change and just a car checkup. I think it might have been $60 to $70, maybe $80, but I know it was at least $60. Everything was in pretty good working condition. I don't think I had any notes from that. So that extra car cost category brings me to a total of $139, making the running total about $1,700. And for food, I spent $61.93 at four different restaurants. I stopped at the local Italian place in Dubois, Pennsylvania. I went to In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A, and Raisin Cane's. Um, I also had California EBT because I was struggling to get a good paying job and was focusing on my art and taking... Um, business mentoring classes at the time. So I used what was left over on that card for groceries and meals that were ready to go, like wraps and salads along the way. So that makes the total of all of these things $1,875.28, which is really cheap for moving cross country, including everything that I just listed. Um, I would definitely recommend doing it that way if you're trying to save money. I would definitely not recommend doing it that way if you don't have the time or patience to do all of those things and travel with a cat or even by yourself. I also recognize that I'm really lucky to be able to travel by myself and not have to worry about it too much being a white boy driving alone. Um, so I know that it's not something that quite everybody would feel comfortable doing, but I did it because... I was able to and felt safe and confident enough to do that. Once I got here, I was so excited because I had my own apartment for the very first time. My boxes were waiting for me and I unpacked everything over the course of maybe a few days or a week. And then I actually slept on a air mattress for a few weeks because I didn't have a mattress quite yet. I know I could have bought one, but one of my um, family members friends was able to loan me that mattress, the air mattress, which helped me a lot while I was just kind of getting situated and before I got my temp job and was ready to spend hundreds more dollars on furniture. I also didn't get that furniture like the week I moved in. I think I got that about a month after I moved in. Everything was on the floor for a while. I had my air mattress. I had a box that I set up in the kitchen that I was eating on. I had a little floor cushion that I sat on. And it really was still so fun living like that because I've never lived on my own and I was just so happy to have a place of my own and to be able to do things on my own timeline and in my own time and when I was ready and get the things that I wanted and wait for the ability to get things that matched the vision that I had for the apartment. And I'm super glad that I waited and did that because I ended up getting not super expensive items, but things that I thought through, really wanted and fit the vibe that I wanted for my new apartment. And there's still a lot of things that I would love to get for my new place, like an additional rug, a little work from home desk for when I hopefully have a more creative based job that I can do from home, or just to sit and I don't know, a space to sit and work on my laptop. I would also love to get like new curtains and things like that. But none of those things are super, super essential because I have like a kitchen table and sofa and coffee table and all that. So everything that I have is definitely working so far. And I have all the essentials. 
I don't know if you would necessarily consider these moving costs because I sold all my furniture and rebought new IKEA furniture when I moved here, but I spent about I think it was twelve or thirteen hundred dollars on the entire apartment for furniture and things that I needed upon moving in, which wasn't that much more than what I made back from selling all my furniture, like my bedroom set, my mattress, my sofa, all that furniture, rugs and lamps and everything. So that would make the total about three thousand dollars if you didn't count if you did count the furniture that I bought after moving in. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning into the second episode of Saucy Thoughts. I'm so happy that I have this outlet. It's been really, really fun to work on. This is actually a separate recording from everything that I just did because I had an ending recorded and for some reason I can't find it and I don't know what happened to it. I just had some closing advice, which is basically to go after the things you want in life, do the move, do the cross-country trip, do the road trip, do all the things that scare you because you will turn out a much better person for it and you'll learn a lot along the way. As long as you're pursuing things that make you happy and your intentions are set on bettering your future self. But anyways, until next week, I will have another episode on Tuesday. I'll talk to you soon. If you want to find me in the meantime, you can follow this podcast on Instagram at Saucy Thoughts Pod, or you can find all of my art outlets at XO Saucy Babes on Etsy, TikTok, and Instagram too. All right, I will talk to you soon. Bye!